From Yarm to Yibby, Harrington to Horsley Hill, Swarwell to Silverlink, the Northeast Footy Breakfast with Roy, Steve, and Ted. Right across the Northeast, the Red, the Toon, and the Cat. Good morning. Morning, all. Good morning, Good morning. everybody. Good morning. I said, good morning, everybody. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, everyone. Woo! You're in good mood, right? Oh, just a little bit, mate. Just a little bit, you know. Wake up on the right side of the bed, get a nice morning coffee into you. You know, a couple of results go your way, you know. It just changes how you feel about things. A couple of results. <laughs> <laughs> how are we doing, Steve? Listen. Ted? Oh, grand. I mean, obviously, you know, a bit disappointed that the Borough got through. I was a bit sad for Port Vale, but, you know, I guess with, with the easiest draw that anyone's ever seen in a cup oh, run ever, know. yeah, it's to hey, be expected, hey. isn't it? You know, they've hey, played nobody hey. yet. Hey, at least we're yeah. in it. All right, at least yeah. we're in it. Okay. We've just made it easy for anybody else who survived by beating Manchester City and Manchester United. Um, exactly, mate. You know, it's, you, you, you did well to get what you did. Last minute heartache again you. for Newcastle, sadly, and uh, the Russian roulette, the penalties has meant that Newcastle are crashing out of the Carabao Cup in the quarterfinals, which is disappointing for, for me, especially it was the one thing I think yeah. we could have, uh, you know, we could have gone on and won that final, but um, it wasn't to be. Um, the injury situation is is, is not one I'm, I'm going to blame. It was, you know, down to an error again last night, um, which Eddie Howe described as a collective error and, you know, that's fair enough. That's you know he's going to protect his players. I completely understand that. But um, you know we all saw it with our own eyes. You know it was a mistake Ooh, yeah. by Kieran Trippier, which led to the goal. And um, Mudrick took full you know full, full benefit from it. And um, mm-hmm. you know then it was just down to Russian roulette of penalties. And Newcastle in the past haven't haven't feared uh, haven't faced uh, penalties and, and done so well. You know the previous year last year we won a penalty shootout, but uh, last night just wasn't meant to be. And uh, yeah, disappointing for us, but we uh, we dust ourselves down. We're sixth in the league. We've got a uh, an away draw against Sunderland. Look forward now in January. Less fixtures to be bothered about. So I guess you know we've just got to focus now on a, a league and cup double. Yep. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's optimistic. Uh, you know, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it's just you know the borough into the final four. What can I say? First time you know in twenty years. Uh, we, you know, went to Port Vale, you know, with considered the giant killers, if you will, um, carrying the league, uh, you know, carrying the Northeast. You know, just a lot on our back, a lot on our back. But uh, Daz, Dazzy, Dazzy, yeah. Dazzy, Dazzy my back. boy, it wasn't with, without, without pain once again. I tell you what, mate, you and me are going to start our own ambulance business. It's called the Borough Ambulance Wing. With Rye and Daz, and I've heard our Christmas party party is coming live to you from the uh, the Northeast Hospital, mate, where all the Middlesbrough players are. Because my goodness me, it is it we is were, a worry. We are celebrating it? that run, but we got decimated last night. We are decimated now. We lost three more players to injuries, Borough fans, and I am absolutely just. I don't know what to do. I don't know what's in the water. I don't know if it's Ted's Christmas cake that he passed around at one point. I, I don't know what it is. You know what I mean? It's, it's, there's something going on at the borough to have 14 now first-team players out 
You know, we've got a team in a bit now that, that are literally not available probably for West Brom this weekend, which is just insane. It's insane crazy. when you look at it. It is. And, you know, you do, do we need to look at this? Do we need to look oh. at is, is this just unlucky? You know, are we just being, you know, and, and, and in all seriousness, you know, that's a massive amount of injuries. But you look at oh, Newcastle, you know, you know other, other teams who are having these injury crises, you know, is... Does something need to change? That you know, is, is something happening at the borough that is? I'm not saying facilitating this, but that maybe that is causing. Or, or are we just looking too much into that? And are we just unlucky? I mean, the only thing I can put my finger down to is they made the games longer this season. You know what I mean? And but we're not the only club dealing with injuries. Of course, you know we can't say you know oh woe is us when it's when every club is playing longer and they're seemingly managing better than us. It's just. For whatever reason, you know, it's just luck of the draw. Every boy is picking up niggles or, or, or severe injury. And, you know, these little little things are turning into big ones as well. It's not like a week or two. It's turning to be something more sinister, which is just, you know, it's just crazy at the moment down at the borough. I tell you what, I'm flying over though, lads. The, the sandalwood oil is packed. Um, I've got my warm heat packs. I've got my ice packs. Uh, I've got it all ready to go and I'm getting on the private jet and I'll be over there very soon, Michael Carrick. Don't you worry. And I know you need a rub down, Michael, because you've been doing five kilometers per oh, day, you absolute that's goat. That's just creepy. So uh, I'm creepy. right there for you as well, Michael. Um, you know, unlike Ted, who wouldn't go any, you know, he wouldn't go anywhere near Michael Beale, you know, to go that extra mile for his club. But I'm he's, willing he's to. He's got Michael. to earn that. I'm willing to. <laughs> you know, on WhatsApp, where you can put Steve and Ted have left the conversation. I think that's <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Do you think I though? I mean, on the injury subject, on on like a serious note, I would love to see like a. A map of the UK and in terms of injuries per head, because the three northeast teams oh, have suffered some horrendous here. injuries. I mean, we're just starting to get some back. You know, a couple of the long-term yeah. lads are, are coming back now, anyway. But <laughs> somebody got their canteen out already. Yeah, I have, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's begging on the Dazzed streets. on the hip it. flask. Go on, free, free medical. Go on, like, you have a little top to warm yourself uh, up. Free Daz, don't you I'm worry still, about hey, that. I'm still celebrating, mate. I'm still celebrating. <laughs> <laughs> hey, why not? Why not? But yeah, how many it's, first it's first team players did Newcastle have off. missing? What was that? Right, I couldn't hear you. I couldn't hear you. Do you know how many? First team players are actually out for Newcastle right now. Well, Number I read one. the list out pretty much all the time, don't I? But I mean, yeah. we, got, we lost Anthony Gordon last night, mate, which was which was oh. a huge blow. I mean, oh, Casado should have been sent off, and in the Premier League game, he would have been sent off with VAR. <clears> but he was allowed to, you know, to, to side them down and, and go through the back of him and injure him. And uh, Gordon played on from the from the 18th, 19th minute with an injury. Um, obviously, went off in the 60th minute. But I mean, it was quite clear in the when he came out in the second half after stopping, he couldn't. He just just couldn't run, and he was asked to do mm. a job which which is impossible. We then brought on Matt Ritchie, which which unfortunately for us meant that you know it was just we, we lost a hell of a lot in that game. But um, yeah, it's you know you're still talking double figures. Um, you know Sven Botman, of course, is he's coming into his recovery. Um, you know he, it was agreed that he would play 45 minutes last night, which he did. He, he was fantastic. Um, you know, you know, I, look, Kieran Trippier. Uh, I've just copied his both in on something on 
on on Twitter. You know, Eddie Howe said last night, after giving us so much, it's now our turn to support Kieran. He's taken the group to a different mm-hmm. level and been a transformative signing for us. He's been the heartbeat of our performances, and that is a that is a wonderful statement by Eddie Howe, and he gets it spot on for me because. Kieran Trippier has uh, has been a talisman for the last two years. Um, you know, a very important player in our early development, um, and and clearly something going on because he came back from the England camp early four weeks ago due mm-hmm. to personal issues. Um, you know, we don't know what that is, and um, you know, we don't want to know. Uh, we just hope that he gets it sorted out. Um, I felt that you know that error that he made last night was just unfortunately characteristic of what he's done in the last few games that he's played but uncharacteristic for the way that he's played in the last two years um you know you know i don't know how penalty selected um only the only the players and management team know how the the people taking penalties are selected one would imagine it's who's up for one did they have a list prior to it did the practice penalties before they go in um you know did kieran put himself forward um well if he did that's fine you know you know that's that's what you want you want people who will who are willing to take it um I'm not a body language expert or a facial expression expert, but I think when we all saw Kieran Trippier step up after, you know, after that error which had led to the equaliser, he didn't look very positive. I've got to be no, perfectly honest. Mine, Callum no, Wilson didn't. didn't. Yeah, Callum Wilson took his and scored his. So maybe that's maybe that's not the best way to judge it. But for him to miss the penalty, it's it's just you know you you just you know you just you just you could see it coming. You you really could. Sometimes yeah. you just get that kind yeah. of feeling um, that, that, that that these things are going to happen. In a in a stupid way, I'm pleased Richie missed his because it it took a little bit of the emphasis off the fact that it was down to him. Um, you know, mm, yeah. but but it's you know we, we've seen that many times when we've watched the international team. You know, Pierce and Waddle, prime example. You know, um, yeah, yeah. It, it's 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 just one of them things. It's a cruel way to go out, but those are the rules, and you've just you've just got to you've just got to mm-hmm. accept it. And um, I I'll never. <laughs> The one thing I'll never get is the Lewis Hall situation. I, I watched the game on TV last night. I wasn't there, and obviously heard Eddie's press uh, press interview beforehand with with the with the TV cameras. And the Lewis Hall situation is is puzzling to me because he was given permission to play last night against his parent club. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was asked about Lewis Hall um, being on the bench, and he said, "Yeah, well, he's going to have a part to play tonight, and you know, he's going to be a you know uh, look for, look forward to his involvement." He didn't get on, um, yeah. and in in a position where, if Kieran is struggling, and that's an if, if there is something going yeah. on which is which is causing this kind of, you know, uh, uncharacteristic performance, why isn't Lewis Hall being given an opportunity to play? Because, you know, in the last round against Manchester United, he played a prominent part. He scored a goal. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a strange situation. I understand. Trippier is your talisman. He's your captain. He's a you know he's somebody who you can rely on. Uh, but if there is something going on, then you know I I I question that particular substitution. But again, you know it it's done now. Um, you know this is the kind of decisions that that managers make, and you know you're judged on that. And um, it's an opinion. I just I, you know I'm I'm surprised. I'm surprised that I'll, you know that Lewis Hall didn't make some kind of appearance last night. So it'll be, it'll be interesting. But you know, games come thick and fast. We've got a, you know, we've got a, an emotional trip to Luton at the weekend now because obviously, uh, you know, the situation that developed with Lockyer. I'm sure there'll be a big, yeah, yeah. A, an outpouring of love for Lockyer and rightly so at the weekend. So Newcastle are walking into that particular atmosphere at the weekend, but they've now got to get back on, back on the the Premier League 
bandwagon and and focus and refocus and get get you know get involved with that. I mean, for me, Miley had a good game last night. Um, it was great to see Botman back in the middle. He had a, he had a wonderful game as well. I thought Tino Livramento stood out. Debravka had very little to do, but when he was called upon, he did well. Um, and uh, you know, it's just so disappointing. Um, you look at the substitutions that, that came on for Chelsea. I mean, it was exactly the same as as, as at, at the home game. You know, they've got a, a wealth of talent coming on, and then you look at what Newcastle had. You know, uh, you know potentially we had, you know, a couple of goalkeepers and uh, one midfielder, and uh, the rest were defenders. I mean, it's it's not ideal. We you know we were crying out to have a, a Harvey Barnes or an Alexander Isak on the bench to come on when Gordon went off, but it just it just wasn't meant to be. So just got to lick our wounds crack on and um you know we've just got to now focus on you know making sure that next season we're you know we're back on the you know we're back we're back in europe and you know the fa cup is still there maybe it's maybe it's our turn in the fa cup it's it's going to put more emphasis on that Sunderland game for the newcastle team as if they needed any more mm-hmm. emphasis more pressure to, though. to win to win a derby <laughs> more pressure but less games now uh, you know a lot less games and not and, and not a, not as not as a congested uh, fixture list yeah. and in the league mm. especially that gives you that that gives you the bonus you know it gives you a little gives you a little bit of bonus in, in the sense that Newcastle will you know we'll just have to concentrate on the league and, and the FA Cup for now but yeah disappointing and that's you know that that's it really from me on that I mean it is on a good the, point on the trippier subject sorry no you're right on, on, on the trippier subject um, do you think it's Eddie Howe's kind of a bit not worried, but a bit more hesitant to take Trippier out of the squad because that could actually have a detrimental effect on him. Like sort of, you know, uh, right now he's he's having the manager's faith put in him. Yes, he's making uncharacteristic mistakes. I agree with that. He's 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 not just one of Newcastle's most sort of uh, you know important players, but mm. for, for England as well, he's been so consistent over the oh, years. Past two seasons, he's been incredible. Absolutely. Do you think it's? Do you think it is more of a case of Eddie Howe's actually just shown some faith in him and and almost to keep that confidence going, Steve, and kind of go, okay, you're making mistakes, but you're still going to play and you're going to play through them. Mm, yeah, I mean, it's it's obvious that's what he's doing. I think he's, um, you know, he, he, you know, like he said, he's he's never let us down. Um, but the you know the last few games sometimes you get more, sometimes you just get bad runs. I mean you know goal goal scorers go through games with you know go through goal droughts and you know they're judged on the goals that they score. Goalkeepers you know go through periods where they concede a, a, a few you know goals which are, are basic errors down to them. But yeah, it's, there's no hiding place in in that level of football. There's just no hiding place at all. So yeah, he's he is showing faith in them. There's there's no doubt about that. I mean you know it. it it's his captain at the end of the day, but yeah. um, you know, maybe it is just bad luck. Maybe it is just a situation which is developed, and maybe the you know the the rumours and the the stories about you know stuff going on you know in his personal life is just that rumours and, and and you know speculation. But it's the fact that you know that you know we know that he came back from. England duty international duty yeah. you know due to personal issues so that yeah. that you know that is obviously between him and his and, and, and his family but we you know obviously we wish him well and we hope that he can resolve it but at this moment in time it just looks as if he's got the worries of the world on his shoulders so you know it's 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 not a positive and you know yeah I can understand playing football training it, it, you know it can take your mind off it but 
anybody knows that if you've got an issue or something's hanging over you that sometimes you know going to work isn't the right isn't the right solution yeah. you know sometimes getting things sorted out and being there for your family in, in whatever shape or form you need to be there is is is, is more important so Mm. Yeah, look, it's a tough one to take, as I say, but um, you know, you've got to stand by Kieran Trippier because he's been a hell of a player for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I agree. And, and do you think that agree. Eddie Howe is is under pressure, Steve? You know, you you've come no. out of the Champions League, you've come out no. of the uh, cup. No, you won't, you won't be feeling that pressure at the moment. Of course, he won't. He'll just be feeling disappointed. I mean, look, as a as a team. Newcastle and and the support as you win together and you lose together, mm. um, and that's that's the you know that's the the, the motive that really is 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 being prevalent since Eddie Howe came in. Um, you've got to stay positive in these moments of disappointment because these moments of disappointment are nowhere near the, the moments of disappointment we had under Mike Ashley. Um, you know we're, we're we're sitting here um, this morning disappointed because we've crashed out of the quarterfinals of the Carabao Cup. Under Ashley, it was very rare we got past the first, you know, the first couple of rounds. So, you know, it's, it, you know, it's a, you need to have that moment of, you know, uh, you know, thought about where we were, you know, two and a half years ago. So, you know, it, it is awful to go bowing out of a cup competition, especially when it's so close to bowing out of the Champions League. But, yeah, we, we win together, we lose together, and 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 anyhow, certainly. In what he did in the first two years has has earned that period of of grace. I would have said from the owners, he'll feel the pressure next season if Newcastle, uh, you know, if Newcastle haven't qualified for Europe, and they don't win a trophy this season, they don't win the FA Cup this season, then he goes into next season. I think under the microscope, you're into your third season. Um, the owners accept, I would imagine, that you've gone into Europe and it's always a more difficult season. Because of the you know the fact that you play more games and obviously this season with injuries he, he you know that's that's beyond his control. So now you go into the season three and you know the owners will be expecting something, uh, you know uh, they will be expecting an improvement and yeah that that's where we're at. But no Eddie Howe is no, he won't be he won't be looking over his shoulder not at the moment anyway. But he won't he won't be enjoying this run that his team's going on because it's. Yeah, it's it's disappointing. It's disappointing for everyone. Um, but you know, it puts like Ted says, it puts that extra pressure on that FA Cup game. But at the same time, that that that's that that team has got to a final, and that team has you know now just been at the Champions League, and that team has now just got to a quarter final and crashed out all in the space of this you know a 12, 12 calendar months. So. They're experienced in big game occasions. Um, they've been to Dortmund, they've been to AC Milan, and they've been to PSG, and they've played in front of bigger crowds than you know we play in front of in the Premier League. So, crowds and pressure are something that this team can take. We've just got to hope that we've got a few more players back come the sixth of January um, to put our all into that FA Cup run, and you know hopefully beat Sunderland and then maybe get a little bit more of a favourable draw. I mean, you know, we, we can't we can't continue on the, on this, you know, run of bad luck with with, with drawing big teams out of the hat. We, you know, we we deserve a kind of run that only Borough seem to get. Uh, you know, okay, like, uh, here we go. You know all right, all right. <laughs> Let's cut him off. We're the giant killers of the Carabao Cup. We've took down Port Vale, who we're gonna win it all. I tell you we're, we're, it's incredible what we can come up with. And you know what? You know what's crazy as well? We do it with like three people on the pitch by the sounds of it as well with all the injuries we've got. So, you know, you know, in terms of toughness, you know, Borough is the example this season. That's all I can say. That's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs>
Can I just point out as well, right? Their midfield last night was worth three hundred million pound. Ours was worth thirty-five. Yeah, it's incredible, isn't it? And I, see, I even saw Fernandez come off, didn't he? he? Come off a half time or something like that. You said he had a bit of a stomach bug or something like that. But uh, yeah, no, it's incredible to see Chelsea still. You know, even you know, even with the money that they've spent and all like that, they scrape through by the skin, you know, the skin of their teeth. You know what yeah. I mean? So against a Newcastle team that's ravaged by injury, you know what I mean? It, it, and they still, you know, they had to go to penalties sort of thing. So at their home ground as well. So, you know, it, 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 I honestly, you know, if you're a City, Chelsea fan and sitting there this morning, you're counting your lucky stars. You really are that, you know, that you've literally had one one bloke in that squad that's probably had a bit of an off night and that's what's gotten you through. So, yeah, Chelsea, uh, yeah, what Pochettino is doing there is is not working or what Chelsea and Todd Bowley are working on is not working and I'd be I'd be very very worried if I was a Chelsea fan with the amount of money that was on that pitch last night was and was evident they're just not a, they're still not a team you know what I mean they're just not a club no. so it's just yeah it's incredible just one last question for Steve just before we, we, we move on to the, the Borough sneaky win against Law League opposition um <laughs> Steve, yeah. just looking at the at, at the last results, mate. I know, obviously, you said you know that the Eddie Howe certainly won't be feeling the pressure, and and the, the the fans will stick by him and all that kind of thing. But ultimately, obviously, these decisions come down to ownership. When you look at it, it's one win in the last five, and you're going into a Luton Town game. Is Luton Town becoming a bit of a must-win for Eddie Howe in terms of the ownership of the club? Nah, not with these injuries. We've got. I mean, we've got two games now against two teams who are struggling: Luton and Notts Forest. Yeah. Two wins, six points takes you. You know, depending on the results around you, takes you into a, a you know, into the new year. You know, you know, in in a good vein of form. But then we've got January. You know, January's a big month. We've got, you know, forget the FA Cup. We've got those league games: Man City, Liverpool, Aston Villa. Um, that dictates where Newcastle finish this season for me. Um, yeah. You know, so. It's not a pressure game, uh, you know. Eddie Howe looks at a game at a time as well. So from our perspective, he's looking at this and saying, you know, Luton first. We'll worry about the rest later. I mean, he genuinely in the press conference seems like he's looking forward to playing that uh, that, that that set of fixtures in January. He's um, he wants to test himself and he wants to, you know, he wants to play against the best, but. The problem is, you know, the diagnosis on Gordon. What's that going to be? You know, it didn't look mm. good last night. He's probably going to be out for a month. He's been one of our best players. Um, you know, Willock and Barnes aren't going to come back until, you know, mid-January. So, you know, they come back in the middle of those those big fixtures. But we're, we're literally running on empty with regards to players. Like, you know, it, it's, it's you know, it, it's significant injuries like this that that you know dictate how how you're going to do in a season you know the, the positives coming out of it are that you know players who never got an opportunity are getting a chance um you know but there's quite clearly some issue with with Lewis Hall you know i i thought Hall would have been used a lot more by now lots of stories suggesting that you know Newcastle aren't keen on him the priorities have changed and that he, he you know he he won't be a Newcastle player next season and i i would say that those stories now seem more genuine than ever because you know he's clearly not fancied by by how otherwise he would have started you know he would have started mm. last night or come on as a sub so yeah it's um you know it's Luton's our next game that's all and there's no there's no pressure on 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 how 
um, at all uh, this season. He's got as I say, he's earned more time just just by what he's done in those first two years. And that, uh, and the owners have the owners have always made it clear that this is a you know a long term plan. Amanda Stabley came in on that first day and said it's a five year plan. And Newcastle are miles ahead of schedule, and mm. you know the supporters will the you know any intelligent supporter will 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 see that and will give you know will give the um, you know give the gaffer time and give the give the club time. You've just got to you've got to enjoy these moments. You've got to enjoy where where you're at. You've got to enjoy the fact that we've had the journey in the Champions League this season, and maybe it's easier for older supporters like me who've been there and had the disappointment of of cup exits. Um, but like I said before, this is you know this is this is a uh, you know way beyond what we had to go through under Mike Ashley. This is this is a lot more satisfying and yeah yeah. There's always disappointment going out of cup competitions, but you know that at some point we're going to get it right and everybody mm. else does. That's why there's so much there's so much skullduggery's gone on behind the scenes to try and put spanners in Newcastle's works. You know. Um, Injuries, though, is, is is what this season's going to be all about. When when we're sitting in the, when we're sitting in May, reflecting on a season that that was the season that was, then you know injuries are going to be top of the agenda. I think for me yeah. and my 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 end of season assessment, you know, what might have been if we'd not had this one, that one, and this one missing during those key periods. But um, look, it's not over yet. Um, you know, we're not just sitting here now, just looking at a you know a Premier League running. Um, but at the same time, we're not looking at a relegation battle. You know, we're not sitting here going, you know, no, exactly. now 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 we're thrust into the, the into January. We've got to play Villa, Man City, and Liverpool, and we're in the bottom three, which is you know the situation we would have found ourselves in a few years ago. So there's the reality check for Newcastle fans, and I think you know, yeah. I, I I think I think any football fan, any Newcastle fan, looks at that and goes, that's that's you know you, you know you're talking sense, Steve. So that's that's where we're I'm at. A, I'm a- I'm a strong believer and always have been in everything happens for a reason. I don't know why. It's just something that I've always believed in. And I think everything happening for a reason is your Mike Ashley now. Because the reason Mike Ashley came in was because you know how bad it can get and how now these blips don't really mean anything because you know how worse it can get. I say the same everything everything happens for a reason with the borough. Chris Wilder. I know what a what a what you know what a dodgy manager can be like and that's why i enjoy every minute now with michael carrick because i know what you know what else can happen sort of thing so i'm a strong believer in everything can happen for a reason uh and, and you know i think it's 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 good to to just sometimes take that isn't it into, into the thing whether you know whether with us with middlesbrough you know 14 injuries you know i mean everyone is sitting here panicking but we know it could be worse we could be fighting a relegation battle but we're mid-table of the championship and in the last four of a carabao cup we, even with the injuries you know we've got so there is there is a bit of a sort of a an older head to look at it because you know once you've you know when you've been around watching football for a long time you know you know what it can go through you know we talk about losing you know Ayrson Park getting saved by Gibson our club you know there are clubs out there that don't exist anymore because of financial stakes you know what I mean so we're still sitting here with three northeast teams that are in probably the best position ever financially you know they're they're, they're bringing in good crowd numbers you know what I mean we had two thousand seven hundred fans you know on a Tuesday night. Uh, down to Port Vale, do you know what I mean? So it, it's it's in terms of what's happening, you know, result-wise and, and all that and injury-wise, it's it, part of football, isn't it? But the stuff that isn't part of football, the financial, the, the losing your club, the all that sort of stuff, the mismanagement and stuff like that, that's all, you know, that's all stuff you, you can't, you, you kind of forget about it, don't you? And so I think it's, you know, I think for me, it's, it's, it's good to take, you know, that sort of stuff with a grain of salt. So it's good. I think it's good. 
Uh, and I, I, I do think, you know, Chelsea got through by the skin of their teeth and it was, you know, literally just, you know, one, one bad mistake, you know, that happens in football. You know what I mean? People, you know, we're all human. You know I mean, we've all gone to work and made mistakes. You know, we've all gone and made stuff ups at work and, you know, been called out for it. The boss, you know, hangs you out to dry and stuff like that. It's the same as football. We're all human. We, you know, it's, it's, but what makes us better as humans is by making mistakes and learning from them and, and growing from them. I mean, I, I, I'm a strong believer in, in making mistakes because it, it teaches me more, you know what I mean? So, um, you know, and I feel for, I feel for Kieran, I feel for, you know, he, him and he's obviously got something going on with his family. Cause we've seen, you know, we saw that fan outburst. We saw, you know, all that sort of stuff. So, you know, and you know, look, it's, it's, it's just one of those things. And it's not at the end of the day, it's a game of football. Uh, and you know, Newcastle will be right back up there, you know, soon as much, you know, well, much quicker than Sunderland. Ha <laughs> ha! See what I did there? See what I did there, Teddy? I snuck you in. I snuck you in. Still but we are here. <laughs> That's good to, uh, good to have you back. Uh, are we ready for the sports headlines or would you like us to go into the club headlines? Let's do the club you headlines. Push the button. Let's do the club oh, headlines because I think there's something you need to talk about, right? Smoggies oh, and Proud. Borough News. Beautiful Borough fans. Well, are we the only North team, Northeast team in the Carabao Cup? Yes, we are. Are we in the final four? Yes, we are. Are we the best team in the world? Yes, we are. <laughs> Middlesbrough will truly be celebrating their extent, uh, excellent run in the Carabao Cup, continuing to the semi-finals. But this is where it goes. Should notice the change tone in my voice. It comes at a cost. Michael Carrick has admitted his squad was decimated as we yet lost more players to injury. In a crisis that just doesn't seem to ease for the Borough boss, those that are fit are not starting uh, to show the wear and tear of needing to play so much football. There were five new injury concerns added to Carrick's problems with nine already confirmed as of out of this game. It went up to 10 before kickoff with Rav Vandenberg unable to travel due to a sore back. And then Emmanuel, Emmanuel Latte Lath was withdrawn at halftime having felt his hamstring. He was replaced by Izzy Jones, who didn't start the game due to his own hamstring issue. And then he only lasted 20 minutes before himself being withdrawn. Do you see what's happening here? It's painful. And then to put a slight dampener on was otherwise a special evening for the club as we progress to the Carabao Cup semi-final for the first time in winning it since winning it in 20 years. Matt Crooks felt his hamstring and then was quickly withdrawn before Morgan Rogers also was also cladded and forced off. Carrick said after the game, the squad is decimated. We have more niggles tonight, but it's all part of the journey. Look at him, our stoic leader. Rav had a bit of a stiff back, getting an elbow in, uh, sorry, to it in the weekend. So we'll have to see if we can get back in, him back for Saturday. And obviously Crooksy and Rogers, they're adding up. But we're talking about that for a number of weeks now. We've found a way, we've managed, and we'll keep finding a way. Oh, yes. With an excellent victory for Borough, thoroughly, thoroughly professional display to see off Port Vale, advancing the cup. Borough will be left counting their numbers with now 14 players injured or at least doubtful for this weekend's clash against West Brom. But like the gaffer said, we'll find a way. Up the Borough! Out of your headlines. Magpies and Proud. Mags News. Well, it was heartache for Newcastle as they crashed out of the quarterfinals of the Carabao Cup on penalties. They took a first half lead through Callum Wilson and looked as if they'd booked their place alongside Borough until substitute Mudrick levelled in the dying minutes of the game after an uncharacteristic mistake by Kieran Trippier. Chelsea ran out 4-2 winners on penalties with Trippier and Ritchie missing the decisive spot kicks. Eddie Howe in his post-match interview was naturally disappointed. He explained that Botman was only due to play 45 minutes and that there are no concerns uh, that Kraft and Gordon both took knocks and will be assessed. 
He was asked about Casado's foul on Gordon in the first half and said that although he'd not seen it, he was told by some that it should have been a red. It should have been. In other news, Newcastle under-18s are into the fourth round of the FA Youth Cup. Sean Neves brace as well as strikes from Anthony Munda, Scott Bailey, Trevor Sanusi, Rory Powell and Dylan Charlton sealed an excellent victory against Leighton Orient. That's in Newcastle headlines on Wednesday morning. Mackhams and Proud. Black Cats News. Good morning, Sunderland fans. Former Liverpool, Real Madrid and England man Steve McManaman says that Joe Bellingham should stay put at Sunderland amid transfer interest. Since signing for Sunderland, Job has made 21 championship appearances for the club so far this season, netting four times and chipping in with assists while cementing himself as a firm fan favourite at the Stadium of Light. has been linked with the likes of Real Madrid and Chelsea. Job's doing okay, he's at Sunderland and he'll keep on improving there, especially under Michael Beale. Michael will teach Job the right things, McManaman said. I don't think Liverpool will be interested in him yet because they don't need to be interested in him. Teams like Liverpool, Man City, Man United and Arsenal who can afford these players don't need to take them whilst they're so young. You have to be exceptional if you're going to make a move to a top club at 18 years of age and at the moment Job is doing alright but he's probably in the best place currently for his development. Sunderland under-21's boss Graham Murty says Michael Beale is a very talented coach who will have clear ideas about how he wants his team to play. I've worked with Michael at Rangers, said Murty when asked about Beale. I've seen him as a member of staff there with Stephen Gerrard and he's a very detailed, very talented coach. He's a very, very good on the grass, very open inclusive. He's, he'll have clear ideas of what his team is going to look like and the identity of the team going forward. When asked if his role will change following Bale's appointment, Murty replied, I get back to, go, get back to the under-21s and look after the group that I've had all year. That's been conveyed to me. I was really, really honoured to be asked to go up. I was thrilled to be part of it and it meant a lot to be asked. And finally, Sunderland will be looking to break the bad run of being winless in seven league games against the old enemy Coventry this Saturday, while Coventry themselves are a far cry from the side that almost clinched Premier League football at the end of last season when they were pipped by Luton in the playoff final at Wembley. The Sky Blues have nine draws this season and currently sit 15th and six points behind the Black Cats, who will be desperate to get back the winning ways after the defeat of Bristol City. The lads could welcome back up to three players into the squad after Pembele, Matetti and Alessi all gave good accounts of themselves in the under-21 game earlier this week. However, it remains to be seen exactly who new gaffer Michael Beale will select for his first game in charge at the Stadium of Light. And there are your Wednesday headlines. From Wickham to Whitley Bay, Stony Gate to Shields, Doggy to Darlow Back Lane, Steve, Ted and Rye. The Northeast Footy Breakfast. Right across the Northeast. The red platoon and the cat. And you can get in touch with the Northeast Footy Brecky uh, the usual way on the WhatsApp or double three oh or four three two thousand and two. We'd love to hear from you this morning. You can drop us a message, you can drop us a voice note, and you can also give us a call if you want to come on and speak to Steve, Ted and Rye. About anything to do with yes. Northeast football. Um, well, welcome back. Welcome back to the Northeast Brecky Show that's brought to you today by the only club to be in the Carabao Cup, the Mighty Middlesbrough. Let's break this down, baby. Ooh, 
because did we rock up and do a professional display or did we rock up and do a professional display? Yes, we did. 3-0 victory to Middlesbrough last night against Port Vale. Port Vale were literally like uh, a Liverpool, uh, a giant killing there for the taking and Borough stepped up and did the justice. Uh, you know, everyone says, oh, but they're 15th in League One. Yeah, but they were still there uh, and we took them down. All right. And that's what happens when the Borough steps up. We just take people down. All right. Including our own players, by the goodness sake. 14 first team injured players now out for the Borough. I'm going to talk about this with the lads because we need to break it down. We need to know why, why, why. Is there not enough sandalwood oils? Is it what is going on in the northeast waters, especially around Middlesbrough, for have 14 first-team uh, members out of their team? I can't remember a time in me following the borough. I've followed since 2003 that we've had this amount of injuries to the first-team squad. To have a full lineup of 11, including a goalkeeper, plus a couple on the bench uh, of actual of an injury team list is incredible. And you look at the names and that team. It, it's well beater in terms of what it does would do in the championship. And it just blows my mind that, you know, that we can have this amount of injuries and it just keeps getting worse for some reason. It just doesn't get better. We keep dipping into our academy, seeing these young players now getting debuts, people that probably wouldn't have gotten anywhere near the first team. I think of Law McCabe, I think of Cal Kavanagh, you know, these likes coming on last night. Matty Clark, who's just come back after, you know, 15 months with a really serious back injury, played full 90 minutes last night. Shout out to him coming in. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So... Yeah. It's literally incredible uh, to, to see what's happening at the borough. And uh, I, I must, you know, look, I understand. I, I, I'm, I'll be real. All right. I'll be real with you. Obviously, we've had, you know, in terms of cup, you know, journey, we have had the lower teams, right? We've had a pretty good run. We've been kissed on the forehead for sure. But we have been doing it away from home and without a first team squad to full pick from. And Michael Carrick seems to keep finding a way. And I don't know how he does it. And I don't know where the buck stops. Now, obviously, we lost, obviously, to a couple of big teams here. In uh, You saw the loss to Ipswich. You saw the loss to Leeds, obviously, and stuff like that. Uh, even the Bristol City loss. But it, it's incredible for me to see that we can still, still produce a result like we did last night, lads, with 14 players now missing from that first-team squad. Credit where credit's due. They're giving us, you know, a chance to believe with such a young squad. Sammy Silvera, Tommy Glover, the two Aussies in the squad last night as well. They look like they'll go in the eight for the Asian Cup, uh, which is in the same time as the Afcon Cup, mm. which, you know, we lose three Aussies there. So you get Riley McGree back from injury, a player we've needed so desperately, and then he's just going to walk into that Socceroos squad uh, and we lose him for a month. You know, Tenny Dien comes back from injury, lose him to Afcon. Ted, I'll start with you. You've been at Sunderland long enough to, and you've seen a few injuries. You've got a couple coming back now. Yeah. How do you get through such a severe injury list and and still manage to keep the not keep the faith but keep your position uh which is vital to to as a club in the league you know in terms of not getting relegated and stuff like that when you're literally missing so many first team players i, I think i think it's kind of you get through it by the way that middlesbrough and sunderland have both done it um and that's you have a very strong academy set up in place um, you have the academy teams playing exactly the same brand of football as what the first team play. So if, even down to formation and things like that. So yes, it's going to be a lot of pressure on these young lads. We saw it when um, when we had Ballard in 09 um, suspended for the game. I forget who it was against now, but they were suspended. Obviously, we had to bring Triantis and Sealed in as a, as a defensive pairing. And all right, you know, the, the, the vast majority of what they've done has been in the reserves in terms of what they've played. 
but they know what to expect. Um, so <clears throat> it's by having that that depth. And yes, even though the young players, and yes, it's going to be you know a, a different kind of feel. And certainly when you when you come to Sunderland, where there's there's forty one thousand people watching the game and they're screaming your name, that's a little bit of a difference from playing reserve team football. Maybe not so much from Middlesbrough, where you get about thirteen thousand. But um, oh, yeah, okay. it's it's <laughs> yeah, I, I can't resist a little dig. Um, <laughs> but no, both clubs do it exactly right, and by by having this, not not so much you know strength and depth, but when you do bring these younger players in, is they they have an identity of football to follow, and and they know what's expected of them when they do come through. Yes, it's not an ideal situation. As far as the amount of injuries that we're getting right now, and, and I, I think it's it's across all areas and, and all teams. Personally, personally, I think players now are too skinny. Um, it's Ooh. it's a lot based on on pace now. Um, I think they, you know, gone are the days when we have Neil Ruddocks and people like that, and you know, stocky lads who can kind of put themselves about a bit. And we've we'll, we'll seen them all at the Borough. You had Phil Stamp, who was you know a bit of a stocky lad and. You know, could could hold his own around the pitch, but now you look around these these players, and you just look like they're, they're going to snap. And when they're they're all sinew and not percent body fat, the slightest knock on these lads when they're travelling at pace, of course, every injury is going to be felt you know ten times worse. Mm. It's an interesting, it's an interesting, it's an interesting comment that I mean, um, mm. I, you know, I've put a lot of the injuries down to the the advancement in in the boots that they wear. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, it was it was uh, was it the Liverpool player Craig Johnson who who came up with the invention Predators, and you know yeah, since was, then yeah. since, since then we've never since then we've never <laughs> really had anything but trouble with with injuries to ankles to 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 metatarsals, you name it. There's been more injuries with with those kind of boots than than anything else, and it's because they're like slippers um you know they're streamlined uh you know they the made to measure for for someone's foot but ultimately you get more injuries from them and it, it, it's only it, it's only you know makes sense in, in a lot of ways that you know you're going to get more muscle injuries if, if if a boot's lighter um it's gonna it's gonna make you run differently the your, your, your foot is going to hit the ground differently it's there's all these kind of things to take into consideration like you know it's a it'll there'll be a scientific explanation for why we'll get certain injuries with certain boots i mean it's why it's why you wear you know rubbers when you're playing on you know on, on a different surface it's it's a weird it's a weird situation isn't it? It, it but i agree that the whole you know the dietitian thing comes in now you know was it probably yeah. sam allardyce who was the one of the first people to start looking at diet within the game so i agree with ted i think that's that's a that's a it's a, it's a valid point i think but i think there's other things to to take into consideration but you know there's a director of football at newcastle um i would say if he's doing his job correctly he should be looking at Hold on a minute. Why are we getting so many injuries? Um, yeah. You know, and, and and the same to be said at Middlesbrough. And you know, if it is a freak season where you can get them, then that's it. It's as simple as that. But is there mm. something happening in training? Um, is there something which you know we can change, which will prevent these injuries happening? Um, but with Newcastle this season, with the information that we're being given. You would say that it's a, it is a freak season, you know. Elliot Anderson with a stress fracture to his back, 
um, the, the foot injury which Harvey Barnes sustained um, two, two in particular there which you know which are freak injuries you know um, but, we're see, but we're seeing them more and more Steve I mean we are, uh, yeah. Tom, uh, Huggins Niall Huggins had, had this stress fracture in his back as well so yeah. th- there's that there's Riley McGree's weird foot injury this, you know, mm. these weird little strange injuries are starting to crop up it's like yeah they're isolated in terms of our squad and I agree they are like rare injuries but when yeah. you look over like sort of over other teams as well there's these weird injuries that we never used to get before. It's like, you know, in the in the old days, it's like sort of, you know, all right, Michael Proctor's not going to play because Phil Bob absolutely crippled him in training. It's, it's like, you, you know what's to be expected there, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's a centre-back's absolutely destroyed him in a, in, a, in a training ground incident, and then you go, all right, he'll be back in a week. But these weird little niggly ones now, and it's I'm, I'm convinced it is because they've got no protection. I'm, I'm going to say that because I'm a bit of a fat lad myself, but <laughs> it's just like they are too skinny and they're not as robust as they used to be. Um, we've had a message on the mm. WhatsApp, uh, and it's a question for you, Ray. Uh, hi, mate. With us, oh. uh, with us having a big injury list at the moment, do you think there yes. is a reason for this? I personally think uh, we've been very unlucky. But I remember a while back uh, at Arsenal, they used to suffer more injuries than other teams, and speculation rose about the training regimes or the new equipment they were using at Arsenal. What do you think? It's a good question and it's a good point. And obviously, like Steve just said, when you've got an extensive injury list, questions have to be asked. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you have to look at everything from why it's happening, from a, the travel that you do, from the tra- players' preparation, from, you know, what, you know, their diet to, you know, their recovery, especially. Now, Middlesbrough have obviously had, you know, quite a, a, an extensive sort of, you know, fixture list, more than most championships because we've gone so far in the cup. Uh, and obviously, you know, you've got Michael Carrick, uh, you know, as a young new manager who's probably pushing the lads. They're a young group, uh, you know, and he's probably asking them, you know, to be fitter than ever sort of thing. Michael Carrick himself, uh, you got to look at, you know, Michael Carrick to, 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 to get a team, like the idea of what your team's going to be like, just look at the manager. Now, Michael Carrick is running five kilometres every day for the month of December to raise money for his foundation. Now, that's a fit man. Now, if I'm, if, you know, if I'm running five kilometres a day and managing it all right at the age of 37, 38, he's probably expecting the same from his lads. Now, whether that goes into something, you know, and to what, you know, the training that he's underdoing with them, what he's, you know, putting them under, is it too much? Well, then that's what they need to look at. And I'm sure they would, I'm, you know, Borough aren't silly. I'm sure that those questions would be being asked. And I'm sure that there's extensive talks about why, uh, but I, I think for you know, at, at also some point it's just going to be you know, well, it's just nature of the business and it's a freak thing. But uh, you know, there's a couple there that I can put my hand on. I, I solemnly swear I know with Riley McGree. Riley McGree came back from international duty with a sore foot, and then he played against uh, Watford, and then it just got worse because he played on that artificial turf uh, over in Dallas. So I know he. Uh, he played a full 90 minutes on artificial turf and he's just ruined his foot there. You know, Senny Diang potentially as well. He's been, you know, involved flying around with Senegal as well. So, you know, you can kind of put your finger on a few of them, but, you know, it's a great question. And uh, I, I think questions will be asked. Uh, and in fact, I know they will be asked uh, of why it, it is so, so extensive and why it's so bad. But I think we're, you know, I think we're, I think we're going to, um, you know, try and get down to the back of it. But the thing is, we're just getting close to January now as well, where loans and all that sort of stuff is going to really, really help because we're going to have to. Now, you know, to say that transfer window now hasn't been changed because of our injury list would be a lie. It has to. You have to look at now 
probably those loans that you probably didn't want to take or that player that was a bit of a fringe player that you probably weren't going to go with days those players now seem to come into your mind so yeah it's a great question and thank you for getting in touch yeah that was that was rob in the borough um who is a borough fan but i think he must be injured himself because he said uh great show lads ted you are a legend and that's from a borough fan yeah no yeah, he must wow, have some sort of injury. Yeah, must yeah, be. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. yeah he's still uh, hanging. Out, he's still hungover from last night. So, hang on, we need to stop the game, lads. That must be a head injury. That like <laughs> <laughs> we've, uh, we've got. Uh, uh, there is another message that's just come through as well, and it's another question for you, Ray. Uh, oh. And it quite simply says, "This is from Ty uh, in the borough." Yeah. It quite simply says, "Ray, are we winning the league, winning the Carabao Cup, and winning the FA Cup? Do you think Borough are in line yes. for the treble this season?" Yes, easy, easy done. Yeah, completely. And you know what? They can decimate our squad with 20 first-team players and we're still going to do it because it's what the Borough do. You know what I mean? We just rock up and keep winning. And it's it's hard <laughs> to see who's going to stop West us. Brom you know what I mean? So, yeah, look, it's incredible. It's incredible to, to see us, you know, going for the treble this season. And, you know, look, you know, someone's got to do it, you know, for the North East. You know what I mean? Sunderland are going to do it. You know, they've got their, their own bill issues. You know what I mean? So... It's uh, you know it, it's it's up to us and you know we'll take that mantle uh, with with you know with full justice and I thank you again Ty for getting in touch I appreciate it and um, everyone that I've paid to message in this morning and ask me questions uh, you will be getting PayPal tomorrow uh, I really appreciate that on payday thank you guys for getting in touch though. Very good. And you can get in touch at Absolutely any point uh, on the WhatsApp or double three or or four three two thousand and two. Drop us a message, drop us a voice note, or you can also use that number to give us a call. Get yourself through onto the Northeast Footy Brecky. Absolutely love it. Righto, lads. Well, we talked about Newcastle. Obviously, they're out of the cup. We've spoken a bit about Borough as well, and obviously the injuries and and going through to the final four. What a massive win. Uh, let's look ahead now uh, and let's talk about. Uh, a little little thing that's happening next Monday is Christmas Day. And yes, in the is. season of giving, in the season of presence, Ted and I have come together and I'm going to go yep. first here because I have got to give out of a present of my own. Rude. Now, last week, I ran a little quiz. It involved Dave, it involved Steve, it involved Ted. And it was a Christmas football trivia quiz was. where some of the questions might have been or might not have been from 2011 <laughs> that I took it from. Okay, Now... Now, some of you texted in and say, hang on, but since then it's happened. But in 2011, you got to understand when my question was written. See, see where I'm getting at? Okay. You've got to base it on the source material, mate. You've got to base it on the source material. I agree exactly. with you Thank 100%. You. But Ted came through with the big W, all right? And I know Dave is going to be sitting there absolutely <laughs> yeah. spitting chips. He's going to be disgusting. Uh, he's going to be... I'm, I'm surprised if we don't go off air very soon because the transmitter is going to be kicked over by Dave Roberts himself. But Ted is my winner. And I have a special gift for you, Ted. I... I was so impressed with you, and I consider you to be my star, Ed. So, the oh, winner God. of my Christmas quiz is exactly that. You have gotten a star named after you, Ted. It is a star in the great glorious sky no above way. the UK. There is a star now named the Beale Star. <laughs> hey! 
I have named the star the Beale Star. You are just after you. Just after you. All You've you genuinely know, done that, haven't you? I, I have generally named a star the Beale Star. It is, it is after you. I knew how much Michael Beale means to you. I know what a manager he's going to be for Sunderland. So I have gone and I've picked a star above the UK. I will send you the coordinates. <laughs> and I have named the star you. the Beale Star. You are I welcome, Ted. What a season. What a season of giving. Uh, consider me Santa. Consider me Santa. Well, I'm, I'm very, very delighted to accept my, my wonderful prize. <laughs> Questionable name, though it is, but uh, no, it'll never be forgotten. Never be forgotten. There'll be a the bit Beale of Michael Star, Beale mate, with me everywhere. <laughs> I, exactly. I will give you the coordinates, well, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you, you know that, obviously, I, I, I prepared a little bit of a gift for, for all of you, actually. Uh, yes. In... in, in in response, this is uh, you, you know I like to get a little bit creative. Uh, Daz, I, I believe I sent you some music before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, can, can, can we just have the music? And I'm going to start, lads. Okay. okay. Oh, oh, oh. Here we go. Okay. Merry Christmas, Daz. Long may you sweep the nation. You schmooze with the stars near and far, and it's actually your fault. I'm on this station. You play <laughs> the hits we love to bits. Enough nonsense. He's Simon and Garfunkel. But as we know, on this breakfast show, you're everyone's favourite radio uncle. Fair play to your Daz, you made the call and told Dave I had some potential. But now you may take that back, cos I do talk some cack, and Dave thinks you've gone a bit mental. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Rye, how I love our to and fro. Your singing yes. can be iffy, your headlines are never oh. done in a jiffy, but you're really down with the bow roll. <laughs> Let the neighbours sleep though, mate, they're getting really tetchy. And while we're on, it's okay to be wrong, but Googling answers as well sketchy. <laughs> I hope you get nice gifts this year. Maybe a Carrick Cardi, a trimmer for your beard, and a sheep to be sheared. But for now, go on, mate, throw us another shrimp on the Christmas barbie. Oh, good, <laughs> Merry Christmas, Geordie Steve, wherever you oh, may roam. The sensible oh. one, the thespian, renowned for your attractive dome. We actually get on great. I genuinely enjoy our natters. But you don't half travel. I hope your derby unravels. And is that the thousandth time you've mentioned NUFC matters? <laughs> so enjoy your festive time off, mate, and revel in all that happens. January will be murky, because just like your turkey, it's going to consist of being stuffed by the Mackhams. Merry Christmas to the boss, the top man, our Dave. You ought to be glad to not be our real dad. We're three numpties that make you rant and rave. You put all this together and we hope we never bore you. You've coached us well, but time will tell if some of our jokes may need your lawyer. Here's to you a Christmas toast to our very own top brass. Have a big hoorah! Enjoy your foie gras. Of course you will, you're so middle class. But the biggest Christmas cheer and Happy New Year goes to you, our amazing listener. You join us each day to hear what we have to say, and deep down you knew Ted wasn't being kept prisoner. This is the red, the tune and the cat, but we ended up with so much more. With Rye down in Plymouth to Chef Wed Kev who can't get enough, plus Chaz, Daniil and Jack know the score. Almost time for Santa, but there's one thing you should all know. You make this what it is, our listeners are the biz. By the fans, for the fans is what makes this the North East Funny Breakfast Show. Merry Christmas, lads. Oh. Oh.
Wow. That, that was, I'm tearing. Brilliant, that, that man. Well emotional. done. Absolutely. Oh, thank, yeah. you much, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Yeah. Well done. Um, it's available in all good record shops and some uh, car boot sales. <laughs> that was really special. Is, Thank you, Ted. That Thank was. You. Thank you. That was. Thank you, boys. Yeah. We need to talk yeah, like that. Like, like, you were emotional. Yeah. That was That was beautiful, mate. I, I mean, That's that was. It, it was yeah, the brass band music. Honestly, it just works every time, doesn't it? Yeah. It does. Yeah. I honestly definitely. thought. I thought the star thing was gonna, you know, take trumps, but you know, you've come out with that. So yeah, no, it's good. It's good. It was very good. I'm emotional. I don't know what to say. You know what I mean? It's just, <laughs> you know, very well. Very well written. Very well done. You know. Thank okay. You I, much, I, I, gentlemen. Yeah, I'm doing the thing. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> Steve, how do you feel about that? You know, the the comment there. I think that I took from it, mate, was about your glorious dome. Yeah, I got yes. that one. Yeah, it was nice, mate. It was nice, very, very yeah. festive, and uh, very well yeah. thought out. You wouldn't expect anything better from Ted, mate. Oh, thank you for <laughs> the words. Absolutely, the words. <laughs> well, lads, we've got three minutes now till the uh, northeast breakfast headlines. Your news coming into 8 a.m. here on your Wednesday morning. We're coming off the back of two Carabao Cup games for the two of the Northeast teams. Uh, we're going to obviously talk about, I've got to talk about commentary as well. Sunderland are going to be going to commentary this weekend. Uh, and we need, uh, I'm not going to do this often, Ted. I'm not going to do this often. Mm. But I really, 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 really am on board with the Mackhams this week because Coventry fans on Twitter, including their club, have been absolute trolls. It's been disgusting. I've had DMs flying in left, right, and center. I've had their actual <laughs> club admin coming after me directly on Twitter because of the fan amount, the amount of fans that we're taking to games. And hey, look at us, we're Coventry and we count the numbers. I've had enough Coventry. All right, you're trying to yep. create a rivalry here that isn't there. All right, you're like Sunderland out there trying to deny that it's a derby, even though we won four nil. All right, Coventry. Back off. <laughs> You're starting to get on my nerves. All right. And now, now what you've done, I'm on board with the Maccabs to flog you 8 0 this weekend. I tell you, you've got to start paying attention to your own backyard when you've only got 10 draws to your name this season, Coventry. I've had enough. What are you, the Sky this Blues? All right. You're, you're more like the, the bad moods because that's what you put me in. All right. I've had enough. And stop counting the old away fans, getting on our backs, getting on our nerves, Coventry. So this weekend, when the Maccams flog you, and you're trying to play for that draw because that's all you're good for, right? I'm done. I'm done with you, all right? And, and I'll see you next season. I'll see you, you know, into next year, uh, Coventry, where we're going to absolute flog you because you have driven me up the wall. I, I, I tell you, I, I can't. I can't, Ted. I need the Mackhams to teach them a lesson. Please tell me Bill's going to teach them a lesson this weekend. Well, we're about due one because, I mean, we've already mentioned this before. We can't stand Coventry City. Is, have I got no. enough time to explain why we hate Coventry oh, City, by the way? Please. Go right, so for, for, for those who are of a, a younger persuasion, um, this, this sort of rivalry dates back to the 1976-77 season, um, but it doesn't actually involve a match between the two clubs. This is the weird thing about it. So... Heading into the final game of the season, um, there was a bit of a fixture pile-up. Both Sunderland and Coventry were in danger of getting relegated from the top flight. In order to survive, Sunderland were playing Everton uh, at Goodison Park, meanwhile Coventry were playing against fellow relegation-threatened Bristol City. Um, so, both games were scheduled to kick off at the same time. However, because of, and I'm going to use the air quotation marks, traffic congestion outside of Highfield Road, Jimmy Hill, who was the managing director of Coventry at the time, delayed the kick-off by 15 minutes to let, in order to let fans into the ground. 
that means that Sunderland's match with Everton finished before the end of the, the game between Coventry and Bristol. So we got beat 2-0 by Everton, and basically that, that result was broadcast over the Tannoy at Highfield Road. So both sets of players at Highfield Road knew that a draw would be enough to ensure each of them would survive the drop. So with 15 minutes left, they basically played the ball between each other, and Coventry, I'm going to say it, Coventry cheated, or Jimmy Hill cheated Sunderland out of a place in the top flight that season get by in, delaying that kick-off by 15 minutes. And I can't Take stand them, and I hope they get relegated, put out of business... Yep. Um, yep. I, I hope Coventry City doesn't exist in about two years' time. Yep. Steve, please, please, you're you're part of our northeast trio. Please tell me you're on board with us, Steve. Yeah, I mean Coventry's never done anything wrong to us. Okay, well he's not on board. Then. <laughs> there we go, then. That was a, that was a <laughs> Darwin reply. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll be it's back. We'll be it's here to, to clock, you see. That's why I kept it short and sweet. Nicely done. <laughs> it is the northeast footy brekkie. We will be back with more. Uh, Newcastle Borough and Sunderland chat right after the news. Oh, it's that wonderful time of the year, isn't it? When those Christmas bangers come out and Ted's zingers are all in work. I absolutely love it. Oh my goodness, what a good song. What a good song. Merry Christmas, lads. Did you hear about our presence earlier? If you haven't, you can catch the podcast after the show where Ted's gotten us one of the best gifts I've ever received. But I think my my gift might just trump his. I don't know. I don't know. You be the judge. You let us know. <laughs> it's not a competition. It's just after, it is a little bit. It is. I need to know that my my gift is better than yours. Uh, it's, it's just one of those things. Okay. Please make Rye feel validated. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's after eight a.m. here. It's time for club headlines. Oh, we got we got the WhatsApp. Yeah, we've got a couple no, of WhatsApp, WhatsApp messages. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Jack, Jack from Leicester uh, has been in touch. Uh, good morning, men. Uh, uh, Ted, that was absolutely fantastic. Uh, and our, uh, one of our favourites, Daniil, as well, has been in touch. Good morning, gents. Ah, oh, Daniil. Uh, morning, Daniil. Great poem that from Ted. Are your middle names Coleridge and Wordsworth? Uh, great stuff, says Daniil. <laughs> Thank you very much, Daniil. You can get in touch on the WhatsApp on 033-043-2002. Smoggies and Proud. Borough News. Good morning, beautiful Borough fans. What an amazing night we come off the back of. We are through to the final four of the Carabao Cup, but it's come at a severe cost because we're not only are we celebrating our excellent run, Michael Carrick has now admitted that our squad is decimated as we've now lost yet more players to injury. In a crisis that just doesn't seem to ease for the Borough boss, those that are fit are not starting to show the wear and tear of needing to play so much football. There were five new injury concerns added to Carrick's problems, with nine already confirmed as of out of this game. Even before the kickoff, we had Rav Vandenberg unable to travel due to a sore back, and then Emmanuel Latte-Lath was withdrawn at half-time, having felt his hamstring. He was then replaced by Easy Jones, who didn't start the game due to his own hamstring issue, but he only lasted 20 minutes before himself having to be withdrawn. It just doesn't get any better. And then to put a slight damner on what otherwise was a special evening for the club, to, uh, progressing to the Carabao Cup semi-final for the first time since winning it 20 years ago, we had Matt Crooks and Morgan Rogers also coming off due to injury. Carrick said after the game, the squad is decimated and we might have more niggles tonight, but it's all part of the journey. How stoic he is. Rav had a bit of a stiff back after getting an elbow to it at the weekend, so we'll have to see if we can get him back for Saturday. And obviously you saw Crooksy and Rogers, so it's starting to add up. We've been talking about that for a number of weeks now, but we've still found a way. We've managed and we'll keep finding a way. Oh, yes, we will. 
And it's an excellent victory for Borough. A thoroughly professional display to see off Port Vale advancing that cup. What a goal that was from Johnny Housen as well, the captain. But Borough are now left counting the numbers now with 14 players, Borough fans. 14 players injured to at least to at least go into the weekend against West Brom. We'll be hoping that there's some brighter news come the end of the week with some of them maybe coming back, the likes of Hayden Hackney, Riley Mugu. We'll see. But we're through on the cup. Absolute incredible performance by the lads. We keep finding a way. That's your Borough headlines. Have a fantastic day. Magpies and proud. Mags News. Well, it was heartache for Newcastle as they crashed out of the quarterfinals of the Carabao Cup on penalties. They took a first half lead through Callum Wilson and looked as if they'd booked their place alongside Borough until substitute Mudrick levelled in the dying minutes of the game after an uncharacteristic mistake by Kieran Trippier. Chelsea run out 4-2 winners on penalties with Trippier and Ritchie missing the decisive spot kicks. Eddie Howe in his post-match interview was naturally disappointed. He did explain that Botman was only due to play 45 minutes. Uh, there was no concerns really with Kraft uh, or Gordon last night. Both did take knocks, uh, but both will have to be assessed. He was asked about Casado's foul on Gordon in the first half and said that although he'd not seen it, he had been told by some that it should have been a red. And a bit of breaking news there. Uh, police in Chelsea have launched a probe after a fan ran onto the pitch to confront Newcastle goalkeeper Martin Dubravka after Mudrick scored the dramatic late equaliser last night. Uh, what about the inadequate steward who just pushed the kid back into the crowd? Maybe he should be reviewed as well. And in other news, Newcastle under-18s are into the fourth round of the FA Youth Cup. Sean Neves brace as well as strikes from Anthony Munda, Scott Bailey, Trevor Sanusi, Rory Powell and Dylan Charlton sealed an excellent victory against Leighton Orient. That's in Newcastle headlines on Wednesday morning. Mackhams and Proud. Black Cats News. Good morning, Sunderland fans, and happy Wednesday. We're halfway there, just like Bon Jovi. Former Liverpool, Real Madrid and England man Steve McManaman says that Job Bellingham should stay put at Sunderland amid transfer interest. Job's doing OK, he's at Sunderland and he'll keep on improving there, especially under Michael Beale. Michael will teach Job the right things, McManaman said. I don't think Liverpool will be interested in him yet, because they don't need to be interested in him. Teams like Liverpool, Man City, Man United and Arsenal, who can afford these players, don't need to take them whilst they're so young. You have to be an exceptional talent if you're going to make a move to a top club at 18 years of age. And at the moment, Job is doing alright, but he's probably in the best place currently for his development. Sunderland under-21's boss Graham Murty says Michael Beale is a very talented coach who will have clear ideas about how he wants his team to play. I've worked with Michael at the Rangers, said Murty when asked about Beale. I've seen him as a member of staff there with Steven Gerrard and he's a very detailed, very talented coach. He's very, very good on the grass, very open and inclusive. He'll have clear ideas of what his team is going to be looking like and the identity of the team going forward. And finally, Sunderland will be looking to break the bad run of being winless in seven league games against the old enemy Coventry this Saturday, while Coventry themselves are a far cry from the side that almost clinched Premier League football at the end of last season when they were pipped by Luton in the playoff final at Wembley. The Sky Blues have nine draws this season and currently sit 15th and six points behind the Black Cats, who will be desperate to get back to winning ways after the defeat to Bristol City. The lads could welcome back up the three players into the squad after Pembele, Matete and Alessi all gave good account of themselves in an under-21 game earlier this week. However, it remains to be seen exactly who new gaffer Michael Beale will select for his first game in charge at the Stadium of Light. And those are your Wednesday headlines. 
Like I said, you can get in touch with the show if you uh, uh, would like to contact us on WhatsApp. It's Audible 3 or 043 2002. Uh, we've had a couple more messages in uh, this morning. Uh, here's someone uh, loved the Christmas poem. Uh, this is from Tony and Tony Tune. Uh, enjoy, love the breakfast show, lads. Keep up the good work and Merry Christmas to you all. Uh, and oh, thank also, thank you so much. Merry Christmas to you. Yeah, and uh, also, uh, Nikki was a regular on uh, on my show. Um, sent us a picture of uh, her shaken vac from her uh, cleaning advent <laughs> calendar. Um, maybe I think that's for a bit later on. But uh, you can get in touch with the show at any time. Audible three or or four three two thousand and two. That's on the WhatsApp. Absolutely love it. Well, thank you for tuning in for the Northeast Breakers Show. It's just gone quarter past eight this morning. We're coming off the back of a great Middlesbrough win. Newcastle going out. And uh, Steve, we touched on it just before then in the headlines, but I wanted to talk more about this. We did see last night a little bit of a, uh, probably something that needed to be controlled a little bit with the Chelsea fan running onto the pitch. The steward then just, instead of escorting him off, uh, just put him back in the crowd. I mean, I've, I've known for a long time, no matter what sporting ground I'm at, even here in Australia, that if you get onto the pitch, you're caught with a fine, but you're also ejected from the stadium. Uh, you're yeah, not allowed yeah. to just rejoin the crowd and and, and, and continue on. Uh, does more need to be done there to protect the players? Because, I mean, we also saw off the back of the weekend, for those that haven't seen it, Ollie Watkins. Ollie Watkins celebrating in true crazy style uh, against a fan uh, against Brentford on the weekend. For those that haven't seen it, uh, Ollie Watkins scored against his old club in Brentford, but then he literally ran into the goal netting so that he was protected and screamed at this one fan, saying that he had taken aim at just this one fan that had been giving him absolute hell all game long. Do we need to protect the players a little bit more, Steve? I mean, on the back of what you saw last night? I mean, the problem is this isn't something that's just happening on, you know, the odd occasion. It's happening more and more. I mean, but what do you do? Put fences back up. Of course you can't. Not after the, you know, the the, the Taylor report and, and the horrendous scenes we saw at, you know, the place, um, Hillsborough, Sheffield Hillsborough, Wednesday. Yeah. I mean, for, for, for me, you, you know, what can you do? It's uh, the police seem and, and the club seem quite happy just to, you know, essentially arrest the person after the event and, you know, ban them from the ground. Yeah, great, fantastic. That person now won't go to a football stadium for however long. They'll find them, they'll be able to locate them. This is the reason that I guess we'll have ID checks and, you know, they're trying to bring in digital ticket at as many clubs as possible. But the problem, the problem is that, you know, ultimately on some occasion, somebody's going to get seriously hurt. And then there'll be, you know, oh, well, we should have done more. Um, this is the problem we've got. Um, we saw it at Everton in that, that ludicrous game where the Just Oil support uh, attached himself to the post in, a, in the Newcastle game. And, and, and the game was stopped for the best part of half an hour. We actually saw a guy in the crowd hand a steward a Stanley knife out of his pocket and allow him to cut the, the cable ties on the protesters' um, hands. And then he handed him it back in the crowd. I mean, what you know, what what kind of what kind of world are we living in, where sh- these stewards aren't doing the job properly? I worked in security for eighteen years. That that guy, first of all, would have had that confiscated off him, but he would have been taken out of the ground and questioned as to why he had that in his pocket. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm not being funny, but it it is it is just getting out of control. And to see that last night with Martin Dubravka, yes, the guy didn't go on. He didn't punch him and assault him. He, but he, he he went across him. It was in the moment. I'm sure he's delighted. They've, they've equalised with, you know, minutes to go. And, you know, given his chance of a chance of progressing in the cup. But he shouldn't have been on the pitch, and he shouldn't have done what he did. 
and the steward should have put him out. He didn't. He put him back in the crowd. And that's that's just unacceptable. And we saw it with Eddie Howe. Um, was it Leeds United where the the, the fan mm. approached him? Um, yeah. On the on the sidelines and and, and and had a go. You know, we've been a victim of it a couple of times now, and, and there needs to be sterner action um, against the fans. But there also needs to be um, there needs to be some kind of education for these stewards, and that that steward should never be allowed to work in that position again. He should be taken away from pitch side, and he should be put in the stands. Um, you know, given some kind of punishment for what he's done because he hasn't done his job properly at all, and it's a disgrace. Ted, what do you reckon, mate? Do we see it in the championship? Obviously, we don't have VAR. We've also got. No, it, when you go to some grounds in the championship, those that come up from League One and that, they can be a bit more unprotected or a bit more unsavoury. Uh, do you think we need to be protecting the players more from pitch invaders and, and, and fans in general that just seem to not be able to, you know, control themselves in the moment? Well, it's it's not just the it's not just the players that need the protection. To be honest, right? I mean, we have a team coming up to to play Sunderland at the the weekend where. We've had issues with flares being thrown. Obviously, you know, where, where the away fans in the stadium are like normally get put in the top tier uh, and, and basically kept sort of segregated from, from the home fans. However, on the bottom tier of the stand, you have home fans sat there. Now, we've had incidents with flares being thrown down and things like that. Items thrown, it's hit kids, it's, it's caused a lot of distress for people. And... I know it's easy to have a go at the stewards because they're the kind of the first line of defence but look if you're a steward you're on your own I mean you're outnumbered probably by about 100 people to one in every instance mm, and yeah. these most of the stewards are paid like a, a minimum wage and are they really going to sort of take their life into their own hands and, and risk getting a battering to, to go and face these idiots off because the stewards need more protection the fans need more protection and the players need more protection as well uh, yes the, these I think I think Steve's right in terms of training and, and sort of a better education for the stewards on, on how to handle certain incidents certainly the one with the, with the pitch invader last night should never have been allowed to go back in and I mean I'm I'm deeply troubled by that about the Stanley knife as well because I mean one how on earth is that even getting into the into the ground Um and then, then of course, hand and they found the, the Stanley knife back. I mean, it's, it's a, I don't know whether he was you know, looking to do a spot of carpet fitting while he was there at the, the match. I mean, it could be an innocent explanation. I mean, this was live on TV. You could see what was going on. I mean, it's mm. not a secret. It was oh, live, no, on, I've left it was live on TV. Belt on. <laughs> well, that was, I mean, that was, that was, I was thinking, well, there's a possibility the guy's come from work it's in his pocket and he's forgotten about it and he's gone, oh yeah, and he's never given it a second thought but then, you know, he could be somebody who has, you know has, you know, gone, gone to the match with you know, an intent on potentially using that the at intent, some point, yeah. so yeah. you know, that's that that was a worrying thing, it wasn't you know, the guy could have made it, the guy in the stand, in the, in the paddock could have made a completely innocent mistake, but it was the fact that the steward saw that and thought it was acceptable and just handed it straight back, I just thought it was bizarre, you know, but I mean you know, I'll tell you what, we, we're talking yeah, we're talking about this now, and we've got probably one of the biggest games in the northeast coming up very, very soon. But we've seen obviously Newcastle going to Sunderland in the FA Cup. Now, all of us know, uh, you know, it, 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 we are the majority. You know, we'll go and enjoy the day out. But there are a few, and you've seen it on social media, that are threatening to to, to cause some ruckus, to do something unsavoury, to do you know, just to cause trouble and, and do something wrong. And 
you know, we, we, you know, that's the time that we're going to need the stewards the most because you've got family, you've got young kids, you've got people that are going to go see Newcastle's v Sunderland, a game that they would be so passionate in their hearts. You know, the last time they've seen that was in the 1950s. It's kind of like, you know, seeing the Olympics come to your country, you know, for some of these people where, you know, you might not ever see it again in their lifetime. And, you know, to think that it could be ruined by one, you know, one silly minority uh, by, by doing something unsavory, especially, you know, when there's, you know, we've seen the ticket, you know, debacle in terms of how many, who's going where and stuff like that. So, you know, it, it is a big job, obviously, for the stewards have on their on their hands, but it also comes down, obviously, to you, the individual, if you're going to the game. You know, you've got to you got to realize that the you know, obviously, you know, it's it's good to get excited. I get excited as well. You know, I wake the neighbors. You know, but I would I would it, it's it's it, there's a limit. I think we need to we need to realize, and and I think that's you know that's a big part of it is that stewards are there to do their job. You know, what I mean, and as as paying customers as 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 ticket. You know, uh, owners, uh, we need to obviously behave responsibly, and, and 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 you can't say, oh, just because I paid a ticket, you know, I have every right to do this, this, and this. You know, yes, you do. You have a right to celebrate. You have a right to be there with your, you know, friends and, and mates and have, you know, fun and all that. But you have no right to threaten the life of anyone else in either on that ground or on that pitch. And you have no right to ruin uh, what could be a great day out or someone that's travelled very long and far to get to their, their game. So. Hopefully, we'll see no more unsavory incidents. Hopefully, we'll never see it, especially in this big derby that's coming up for us in the Northeast. Because I, for one, as a neutral looking out, I didn't am really looking forward to it, especially seeing Ted and Steve go at it where I can just sit back and, you know, eat popcorn. It's going to be fantastic. So uh, I, I hope that's, you know, I hope that we don't have to, to come, you know, to talk about that more, lads, uh, especially around that game, which is going to be so important to us Northeast fans. But uh, we well, needed to cover that. Right, and I've got... I didn't want to interrupt you in full flow, but I've I've, I've been yeah. working on a, a Christmas poem for for everybody, lads, and I've thought oh, because oh. after listening, I, I wanted to give inspired. you, I want to give you chance, I wanted to give you lads a chance to to get your stuff out, and I thought, right, okay, well, I'll I'll work on this. That's why I've been a little bit quiet this morning, plus the depression okay. of going out to the Carabao Cup. So I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the poem, lads, and then I'm gonna give you my Christmas okay. joke for the morning, okay? Okay. So here oh, we go. Oh, this oh. is this is for you and the listeners. December nights, cold and harsh, winds cut deep, frost on the cars, pavement slippy, can't catch your breath, spending your money, credit card debts. Christmas lights flashing, presents under the tree, kids' stockings are up, a Christmas Eve tea. Santa has been, the kids are excited, Boxing Day comes, you cheer on United. But please spare a thought for those on the streets, begging for change, no shoes on their feet. Out with the old, in with the new. New Year is here, resolutions too. Here's to a good one, for you and for yours. Love, health and happiness. You need nothing more. Oh. Lovely, mate. That's lovely. Oh. There you go, lads. And now for the Christmas joke. Oh, lads. Okay. oh no, he's going to ruin it. I'm bringing out... <laughs> I am bringing out a version... Of the Band-Aid song. All right. Oh, oh, God. Okay. All right. Do they know it's Christmas? It's a cover, lad. Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, why? You know what I mean? Do they? I mean, it was so, oh. it was so creative and so heartfelt. We started so high with the copy and based as well, and it's just you know as we get closer to Christmas, it's like Santa's just giving up. 
<laughs> Ted. That was the Ted, equivalent please. of finding coal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, Ted, the Ted. The was lovely, uh, though, Steve. Very nice, very creative. Ted, we've got to... Uh, it was lovely. It was well written as well. Ted, we've got you for the last time before Christmas today. Obviously, our main man, the Mackham, will be back on Christmas Day, but he's obviously going to be missing for the next two days. So... I guess we need to, you know, we need to to wrap up uh, as we close in now on the on the sports headlines for the next four minutes. I wanted to talk about, uh, you know, obviously we're closing in on Christmas into New Year. We're going to be live on Christmas Day. We're we'll live in between the breaks as well. Obviously, yep. we'll be keeping your eardrums ringing with us three uh, leg ends. Uh, and but uh, have you had a good time with us, Ted? Is there anything uh, that you need to get off your chest before we head into Christmas, mate? I, th- I think it's probably, you know, I've been doing this now a couple of months for you lads, and I think it's the most fun I've ever had with my clothes on. <laughs> that's probably, the, be- that's probably the, the best way to describe it. Um, no, uh, no. This, uh, the, the, the great thing about doing this, and I'm, and I'm not blowing smoke up your backsides or anything like that, I get up, I, I go and do this for a couple of hours, we'll, we'll all take our turn and write now stuff the night before, but basically this is me getting up, having a coffee with a couple of me mates and talking about the football and that's yes. that's why it's what it's the simplicity of it and, and it's just why it works and why more and more people are getting on board with it and seeing the value of this because listen we're not special we're, we're not you know absolute all singing all dancing radio presenters like Daz you know <laughs> um, exactly we're, we're, we're not, not as talented as Daz and Dave there's a great duo if ever there was one <laughs> um, but yeah I, I absolutely love being part of this lads and, and I'm, I'm, I'm actually gutted I'm not going to be doing the next two days but the, uh, the other job calls and, uh, and the, and the mm, boss needs me to uh, fly in like a superhero but yes it's a uh, it's been a great two months, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I, I can't wait to see what the rest of the season brings with with, uh, with my buddies as well. Yeah, yeah. No, I absolutely yeah. love it. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Well, lads, we've got about but, half but we an are hour to go. We're going. <laughs> No, and you know, and look, look, let's not get you know. We're in the Carabao Cup final four, okay? So let's you know, you know, let's just hold your horses there, Mister Beal. And you know, and I think you know, we'll we'll have to get him on the show as well, but to present him uh, with that gift that I got you earlier as well, because it is in his name. Uh, So we'll have to get you on, Michael, if you if you're listening. Uh, lads, we've got about half an hour to go. We're going to get into your sports headlines very quickly. After the break, uh, I just really need to wrap up with you, lads. Uh, December merry-go-round continues. We've seen the sacking of Steve Cooper, Nordic Nottingham Forest, last night. He's gone. They reckon uh, El Nuno is coming in. Nuno uh, is it Esposito. Oh, my goodness, I'm going to butcher that. But we all know Nuno, the <laughs> ex-Wolves manager. He's coming is. in, apparently, for Nottingham. Uh, and then we've obviously seen in the championship as well, Ted, uh, we've seen, yes. obviously, Stoke, your favourites, uh, the the lovers of Alex Neal, have gone for after another manager. Not only did they steal yours, they've now gone down to Plymouth and taken... Little Schumacher from there, Ritz as well. Will it work out for Stoke second time round after stealing managers? Stoke, we need to have a word, all right? How about you start taking some managers that are out of work rather than managers that are in work, you cheeky devils. Oh, we're going to talk about the merry-go-round that keeps happening with the managers, especially around December. Uh, we've already seen, including one of our own with Michael Beal coming in. Uh, and then we're going to talk a little bit about the size of shin pads, right? The size mm, of shin pads. Not, not something that comes up in, com- in common conversation. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Normally, it's, a, it's we're talk, you know, when you're around the pub you're with your mates, you talk about the size of other things, don't you? 
But the size of shin pads needs to start coming up in conversation, <laughs> right? We need to start talking about what what size is too big. You need to go drinking with small. other people, right? You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't think you're safe. I mean, it might be the Australian thing, all right? But the size of shin pads is a topic of conversation that's now on everyone's lips. It is lips, ridiculous now, right? to be fair. <laughs> Here's your sports headlines. We'll be back after the break. So that's it. That's uh, what's tipped to be the Christmas number one. It's by the Creator Universe, a collection of more than 30 TikTok stars. Uh, and also every view uh, that's on YouTube will also, uh, anything that's made from the monetization of that will go towards uh, the Trussell Trust as well, um, which I'm sure we'll all agree is a fantastic cause. The, the yeah, best thing yeah, I can yeah. say yeah, about that agree. is it's it's good for a good cause. Yes, absolutely. That's that's the important thing there because because the rest of it is more auto tune than a sure album. Yeah. You haven't got that resident musician's term, approval. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but the term TikTok star shouldn't exist. Oh my god, that makes me cringe. It actually it actually makes me me, me toes right now are almost at me heel. I'm, uh, I'm clawing You're not going to get any arguments stuff. from me on that, like, yeah. It is uh, absolutely bloody dreadful. We hate VAR, should have been produced and should have been out, we would have been number one. Well, I've had well, an idea yeah, about well, that, that's lads. True. I've had an well, idea there's about still that. time, there's still time. I don't think we'll get Christmas number one, but what I'm thinking no. it could be a summer anthem. Because oh. I'm thinking, like, so you know, I've got lovely beaches here in Do Cyprus. I, I could go topless and go with Peter Andre and splash some water about with me abs, ah, you know. Mate. I'm I'm heading down the beach. Uh, I'm heading down the beach. I can get some real good footage of me and some speedos. Don't you worry about that. While throwing plenty of shrimps on the Barbie. <laughs> yeah, God. <laughs> yes, I reckon we can get sleep Steve well done, doing some snow angels with that with that glorious noggin of yours, Steve. I reckon. Under your star. <laughs> <laughs> not mine. It's not wonderful, mine. I've given it away. Thought. It's not mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do without the disservice, though. That that is for a very good cause, by the way. I'm probably going to no, get pelted no. for absolutely slating the track. No, but no, there you no go. honestly, it and is it, good. It is good. It's just yeah, a shame that we need food banks at all in the UK. Like, yeah, I, that's, I know, that's an absolute travesty of justice. But there we go. Yeah, exactly, mate. It's exactly. wild because it's not something that we're, I'm used to here in Australia. Obviously, I, I mean, I, I'm privy to the UK. My parents grew up there and stuff like that. But seeing the amount of uh, of homelessness in the UK and how much it, it, it it's driven. Uh, over there in the UK and the need for food banks is incredible and uh, anything we can do to raise money for people you know I can't imagine spending Christmas you know on the street and, uh, without a roof over your head without a warm dinner without family around you and some people just you know have to live like that with through it's their choice of it or without so it's definitely for a good cause and we can always chip in and, and, yeah. and do a little bit 100%. Uh, a little bit more Lads, I've got to talk to you. Let's get back to football as we wrap up for the 20 minutes left of this crazy show that is called the Northeast Brecky Show, where we're coming off the back of the best Middlesbrough win we've ever seen. Newcastle bowing out, uh, letting Chelsea go through, and Sunderland were just, you know, sorting out what manager they're going to have. Okay. We've got to talk about that very fact that the December continues to be the merry-go-round. We've seen Stevie Cooper stacked by Nottingham Forest overnight, lads. Uh, he is gone. Steve Cooper was the boss that took Nottingham Forest up from the championship. He's had a good season and a, a half, I want to say now, at the reins of Nottingham. Nottingham was so famous for spending all that money when they came up, and it hasn't gone right for them. They've obviously gotten rid of him now. And Stoke City, 
continuing to go and steal someone else's manager. They couldn't, didn't have any luck stealing Sunderland's manager. So now they've dipped down and gone and gotten Plymouth uh, and Stephen Schumacher. Uh, taking him up to Stoke City now. So <laughs> it's incredible to see, lads. Let's start off with Nottingham Forest, and I'll go to you, Steve, our resident Premier League uh, guru. Steve Cooper, uh, was that a, I don't think it was a shock, was it? I think it's obviously Nottingham Forest, big spenders wanting a little bit more uh, for what they've invested into that. What did they expect him to do? Get European football? I mean, win the I'd league? Be- I honestly don't know what Nottingham Forest were expecting out of Steve Cooper. And he's had a bad run in the last few games. But, yeah, it's a head-scratcher for me, that one. It really is. But it was inevitable, I think. Um, You know, but in the grand scheme of things, he's done a cracking job. And, you know, they they were literally buying players if they were going out of fashion. And Mm, they were expecting him to perform miracles. Yeah. you know, normally you would get a manager complaining because he's not getting the back end of the board and not getting any players in. Um, I think that's the first time in, in living memory that I can think of a manager who must be sitting there going, will you please stop just signing these players? Because, <laughs> you know, at one point I think they'd signed 21 players when they went back into the Premier League. That's ludicrous, man. It's ludicrous. How on earth can you play two teams? I mean, I mean Newcastle could do that now. Um, but, yeah, it just... Just crazy, mate. I, you know, but not surprising. And and who goes into Forest? Well, uh, you know, that's that that's going to be interesting to see what happens. I just hope, I hope that the, you know, it, it they hang on a little bit longer than Boxing Day, so Newcastle can get the game out of the way before they get that managerial bounce. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's a tough one, isn't it? It's a tough one for Steve Cooper. Uh, we'll get the usual statement from the the managers' association in due course, but um, I think he kept his dignity. I think he'll get another job, um, and you know, he's one he's one of football's nice guys. Um, you know, I, I think he's uh, he's 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 done a commendable job at, at Forest under under weird under weird circumstances. But uh, yeah, mm. it wasn't a surprise. Um, but I, I really don't know what the they expected Steve Cooper to do in, in those circumstances. And again, it's more mismanagement from the top level of a club rather than mismanagement from the manager, you know? Yeah. Yeah, well said. Well, it's tipped that Nuno's going to walk into that uh, walk into that team. Nuno Espirito Santo, obviously the man that uh, did very well at Wolves. He's just uh, left Al Itihad um, back earlier this year. So he's obviously up for grabs. But Steve Cooper, I completely and utterly agree, will walk into another job. Uh, where he sees fit, he's a, a very, very good tactician. Uh, Ted, my boy, over to you as we got to talk about Stoke City poaching another one. It hasn't worked from stealing your manager, Alex Neal. Now they've gone down to Plymouth and taken theirs. What is? What does this mean for Stoke? But more importantly, what does it mean for Plymouth? And what do they do now? Stoke, obviously, I've said this before. I will say it again until I'm blue in the face. Stoke, um, I've vast, uh, sorry, very fastly becoming my least favourite club next to Coventry City. They just want to be Sunderland. They wish they were Sunderland. They are going for a similar sort of model. Stephen Schumacher has done very, very well on unlimited budget with Plymouth. Um, they play some nice football. We've, we've both seen that this season, right? Plymouth play some good stuff. Uh, they play on the front foot. Um, the, the, a nice brand of football. He's a, he's a young and upcoming coach as well, which seems to be sort of the um, the flavour, I guess, now for for the championship in particular. Um, 
Yeah, Stoke just want to be Sunderland. They're going to copy us. They're going to copy the whole platform of going for a younger manager. Um, they want to play more attacking football instead of that kick it, you know, 45 metres into the air and the ball come down with snow on like what they all have done. Again, Stoke's one of them clubs. I wouldn't I wouldn't be upset if they went out of business, to be honest. Um, they're, they're just one of them teams that... They, they, they never amount to anything. They're there just to sort of be a nuisance. They don't play nice football. Um, yeah, they just get in the way. It's just one of them where you go, oh, it's going to be a dull game. So, yeah, they're going to try and excite things, you know, get some excitement going again uh, by employing Stephen Schumacher, like I said. Up-and-coming guy. Um, he was he was considered for the Sunderland job by all accounts. Um, but, obviously, we've got, uh, we've got the greatest coach in the world in Michael Bale instead, um, who I yep. was fully behind from the start. Uh, yep. <laughs> we know that. Um, but, yeah. Absolutely, it was right here on the on the station. Oh, um, 100%. Nah, it's, listen, it's a good appointment for them. I think it's uh, as long as he's given the time, but that, that's the thing. It's Somebody like Stephen Schumacher needs to be given backing and time and have some experienced heads around him who are going to help him develop as a coach because he's not going to fix what they are at the minute, which is mid-table obscurity. Um, so, yeah, he needs to be given time, and, and, and I hope his career goes on well after he's, after he's left Stoke. In about 12 months. <laughs> well, well said, well said. Well, Stoke, good luck to you. Uh, you have taken Plymouth. Just quickly, Ted, who do you think would be right for the Plymouth job? Do you think Steve Cooper could walk into that? I think Steve Cooper would probably command, and this is no disrespect to Plymouth. Jack, I know, I know you listen to the show, mate. No disrespect to Plymouth at all. I think Steve Cooper is maybe a name that is... Uh, that is further up, maybe uh, you know if there's any sort of falling out in the top six championship clubs. I think Steve Cooper's in among in among that. Maybe even a, a struggling Premier League club, even. But for oh, for the Plymouth job, it's a it's one of those, isn't it? It's um, they could go for somebody from lower leagues. They might go for somebody abroad. Um, I think there'll be plenty of people want that job. They're in a little bit of a predicament as far as their position in the championship is concerned right now. But with the right guy in charge, Plymouth could could survive it. They just need to survive this year and build upon that. So, look, I, I don't know who's going to get the Plymouth job, but it's an attractive proposition for a young coach going into that. And what I do like about Plymouth is they are willing to give young coaches a chance. So, you never know. You never know. Hopefully, maybe even Michael Carrick might fancy an upgrade. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to cut hey. Ted off there because he's obviously been drinking too much eggnog. He's on his last show for between Christmas and he's obviously just given up on it, making any sense. So we'll cut him off right there. Uh, lads, to wrap up the show for the last 13 minutes, albeit part of that amazing Middlesbrough win, can we just, let's just touch on that for another little bit because my goodness me, what a good win it was, especially without the players we had. Oh my goodness, Daz, Daz, Daz yes. how good are we? Um, how good are we, Daz? I, I thought we uh, we looked very composed last night. I think it was a very professional job. Um, I mean, Port Vale weren't the greatest of sides. Let, let's be fair. Um, yes, they, I mean, yes. giant killers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, they 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 came out to play though. Uh, you know, I was, there was there was times where they they wanted to get the ball on the ground and they wanted to get to play. So I think you know they they were well organised, uh, but we were clearly far too much for them. Um, and uh, yeah, at, at times it, it you know, it, yeah, I, it was like it, it was a little bit men against boys uh, at times. Um, but you know, it, the important thing is is that we threw and uh, we're there yes. in, into the last four. 
Um, and you know, I was disappointed with Newcastle going out. I I would have loved a, a, a northeast final, uh, or certainly a northeast semi final. Uh, two games over two games. I think uh, we, you know, we we uh, we'd have done them. Um, um, but that's not to be. And uh, when you look at the teams that that are going to be left in it, um, yeah, it's going to be an, an, an interesting uh, semi final. Uh, set of semi-finals and can they go all the way well I mean I'm, I'm just hoping we avoid Chelsea because Chelsea are our bogey team aren't they uh, when it comes to cups um, so as long as we can avoid Chelsea uh, oh and Liverpool um, then uh, <laughs> I think we've got a good chance um, so yeah we'll just have to see what the draw brings but you know I I think for me I, I was really pleased to get us back into winning ways uh, you know that'll be a massive confidence boost uh, despite you know the further injuries, despite the the decimation of the of the squad, uh, great to see some of the young lads coming on. Uh, Cav nearly getting a goal there towards the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean I, I'm 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 delighted we're, we're through the next round. I thought I thought it was a really yes. important game for us as a club to get through into this next round uh, to build some momentum, to build some uh, confidence for the team. Um, and yeah, and he's to that. Uh, if you had to pick, go on. if you had to pick Daz out of the out of the who's left now, obviously we've still got one game to play: West Ham versus Liverpool. Mm-hmm. If you had to pick out of any of the teams that are left now, uh, in hope of drawing them, uh, who would you want out of that that group? Is there anyone you in particular? Or is it just more of a who cares? Bring them all on. Yeah, I that's mean, how I see it. Yeah, it's, it's there's three Premier League teams, isn't it, that are, are still left yeah. in there? And I think, uh, correct. You know, on on paper, you you know Fulham. Maybe um, you know in the semis, uh, and then it's uh, it's one of the big ones, isn't it, for the for the final? Um, and who knows what can happen in a final? Um, you know, I, I think there's there's a lot of nostalgia around the, the whole twenty years this year, um, Carling Cup and everything. Um, you know, and, and it would be fantastic for us to to make it to the final. Um, you know, so I'm 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 with uh, I know Davy Ladd is uh, very very keen on Fulham in the next round. Uh, I, I think that mm. would be the the ideal draw. Um, it's two legs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. It is, yeah, it's yeah. home and away. Yeah, yeah. Exactly um, right. So no, I mean I, I'm 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 absolutely delighted uh, for Carrick and the boys. You know, it, it's been a, it's been a, another little dip. It's been another little tough run that they've gone through. Um, and I'm I'm delighted we're still in the cup, but I'm also delighted that it's you know it it's hopefully will give the lads a boost. Um, the decimated squad that's left uh, for West um, Brom on the weekend. Can we say congratulations yeah, as well this morning to Mary Earp for winning the uh, yeah. Sports Personality of the Year yes. award? Because as usual, social media goes into meltdown with things like this. But you know, it, it it's a personality that you've been awarded for. Um, I've seen some people criticising her yeah. receiving the award because she never won anything. Well, like if you think back to the previous winners, you know, Gaza received it for losing the semi final. Um, yeah. Henry Henry Cooper won it for losing to Muhammad Ali. So, you know, get your facts right. It's a personality award, and she's been a hell of a personality. She's been a great ambassador mm-hmm. for the women's game, yeah. and you know she's been. How did Andy Murray win it? Because he hasn't got one, has he? Well, there you go. So, <laughs> you know, it, it's but it's it's great to see. It's great to see her being you know awarded, and it was it was another one of those tear teary eyed moments when I, I you know despite the fact he was a Liverpool legend. 
he's not he's not well liked I guess amongst Newcastle fans but I thought Kenny Daglish's speech last night yeah, was quite an emotional it. one and if you haven't watched it give it a watch because you know yeah, Kenny's good. Kenny's one of those real legends of the game um, you know yes. he did it all and um, he did it all as a player he did it all as a manager um, and, and for me he, he was well deserving of that and it was quite an emotional moment for him and his family and um, you know wonderful speech from Kenny he was a man of few words it has to yeah. be said but uh, it was great to see him uh, you know being recognised in the same way that Sir Bobby was back in 2007 so well done to Kenny Daglish as well but yeah just thought I'd give that a mention because it was a you know it was, a, it was it was good to see I managed to catch a, a bit of that after the match last night yeah good yeah, shout no, it was really good and it was a very good awesome, speech man. definitely we need to you need to tune in and have a listen to that like you said uh, well, we're going to obviously getting very close to wrapping up point where we're going to hand over to the reins to our, our resident, you know, celebrity in Daz uh, <laughs> to take on, on a quiz that sweeps the nation. There was no more what the fact, though. What are we going to do? No, well, I'll tell you what, why, do, why, don't, why don't we? Um, and especially for you, Rai, uh, what we've done yes. is we've we've created a special name that theme for you. Um, yes. And, oh. and obviously, Stephen Ted, you can play along as well. Um, yes. But we've done an Australian name that theme. Um, I know. Uh, I'm in. How, how excited are you? My chance uh, to win. And uh, so, <laughs> all right. <laughs> you could guess before it starts. Um, <laughs> I've got to go to work. I know. I know. I know. All right. All right. Moving away. There's a self page. <laughs> Skippy. Right. Here we go. <laughs> this is number one. It's Skippy. <laughs> It is Skippy! Yes! That is Skippy. That is, uh, no. Is that? Yeah, it is. It is Skippy. Yeah, it is Skippy. It is. Yep, yep. Brilliant. This is number two. Sons and daughters. Oh! He's on fire! Hot potato, hot potato. See if he gets this one. No, no. I, I think Rai got it. What was it, Rai? The Wiggles. The Wiggles. Yeah, it, Rai got that one. Yes. Oh, fair enough. Neighbours. Neighbours. Yeah. Neighbours. Yeah, neighbours. Neighbours. Prisoner cell block H. Cell block H. Yeah. Oh, five out of five, gents. Well done. Listen to him. Wow. Hey, what? The I'm disappointed you didn't have the Sullivans in there, like. But <laughs> <laughs> so, the like Sullivans not part of Sons and Daughters. Home and same away? network. Same network. Was it? Ah, oh, yeah. I see, I see. Well, what we'll do, we'll, we'll arrange with their radio dad. We might have a special uh, What the Fact on Christmas We're Day. To. Oh, um, yeah, that would be it's, it's, yeah, yeah. I'm 4 3 ahead. Um, I've spoken to Mrs. Ted about the potential in me having to do. Uh, well, well I'm, I may have to get a tattoo of some kind. Um, as long as it's nowhere where she can see it, I think we should be okay with that. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go ahead. We've got that. approval. Yeah. Oh, so we have to bid you adieu. You are off to work, mate. I appreciate you. Have a merry and fantastic Christmas. We'll see you on Same Christmas. Same to you, boys. All Thank the very best. Christmas Last couple of months. All the best, lads. Yeah. And to you, mate. Have a fantastic rest of the week. Bye. And thank goodness he's gone. It's back to the normal show with Steve. Uh, Remember when it was just you and me, Steve? Remember yeah, that? Remember it's like old times, isn't it? It's like old days to good know, old days. Right? Just, just us two, mate. Just us two, eh? Jeez, you didn't have that Mac and Ruin and everything, eh? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's quickly wrap it up, uh, Steve. Obviously, Northeast Brecky Show. 
Newcastle go on to the weekend now. Obviously, it's been a bit of a tough month. Lost Champions League, lost Carabao Cup. You're saying about focus now to the FA Cup. Focus obviously needs to be at home now into the Premier League. Uh, games still don't get any easier for you uh, with this run-in, but uh, do you think there's going to be at least some reinforcements coming back soon for, for the Newcastle? Is there something that can uh, bring a smile to the, the faces this weekend by instance, by anyone coming in, or is it just status quo and needing to get on with it? We'll not know really until we hear from Eddie Howe tomorrow um, at his press conference. I mean, you know, the injury list is still is still causing us big problems. So, you know, the, the, say the positive was that Sven Botman came back last night, um, another 45 minutes under his belt. You imagine he's pretty close to a, a full return now. But after that, um, you know, it, it's going to be question marks over Anthony Gordon and Emil Kraft, who, you know, has just come back from an injury. So, you know, it, it just seems like there's more doom and gloom ahead uh, for Newcastle. It's going to get worse before it gets better. But, you know, we heard the news as well this week that Joe Willock and, you know, Harvey Barnes aren't going to be fit until January. Um, that's a big blow as well. But I think we've got to be thankful we've got two games now, which, yep, they're close together. Luton and Notts Forest, but they're against teams at the lower end of the table. Um, you know, we dispatched Fulham at the weekend competently. And, you know, I'd like to think that, you know, despite the fact that it'll be an emotional trip to Luton this weekend, that Newcastle can, can, can still come up trumps and, uh, you know, secure three points. Six points out of the next two games, everybody will be, you know, a, a, lot, a, a lot happier going into January, that's for certain. Do you think it's obviously, obviously we're talking about Tom Lockyer who uh, has collapsed for the second time in 12 months for Luton. Do you think it's going to, obviously it's going to be an emotional fair, but is it something that will, you know, will, will rattle Luton or do you think it's something that might galvanise them? Well, it's going to galvanise them, isn't expecting? it? But it's it's yeah. going to gal it's going to galvanise them certainly. But I I genuinely think that it, it, I mean it won't affect Newcastle. That's what I was saying about yeah, the Derby game. It won't affect Newcastle. Newcastle have played in the biggest atmospheres that they've probably played in for many many years. Um, you know already uh, Dortmund, AC Milan, PSG, and you know Newcastle are used to big big games, big atmospheres. Um, you know last year they got to the Carabao Cup final, played in a cup final. Um, you know quarter final at Chelsea, pressure game so they're, they're used to playing in them they've been there done it got the t-shirt and um you know there'll be no pressure for them at Luton it'll just be a case of who they can get out um you know who they can get out and who they can who they can play so you know it comes down to squad selection which hopefully you know we'll, we'll have a, a clearer idea um you know from Eddie's press conference tomorrow yeah I completely agree well absolute fantastic breakfast show up next is Daz. We've had a fantastic morning. If you haven't, yeah. uh, if you've missed any of it, uh, make sure you check out the podcast. The podcast goes live a couple of hours after the show. But up next is our beautiful celebrity in Daz. Uh, what have you got on the show today, Daz? Well, uh, we've got a very special uh, guest on the show. Uh, we've got Sh uh, Shobna Galati, who um, you, you will recognise her from. She was in The Dinner Ladies. Uh, she was in Coronation Street for a long time. Uh, Shobna is appearing in uh, Everybody's Talking About Jamie. Uh, that's coming up to the Theatre Royal in Newcastle um, in the new year. So Shobna's coming on uh, to tell us all about that. And we've also got the quiz that is sweeping the nation. Name that theme. We'll be doing yes. that as well. Uh, so, yeah, a busy, busy show packed with full of nonsense. Um, and you, you can get in touch on the WhatsApp, or 043-2002. Have a wonderful day, guys. Take care. Thank see you tomorrow, guys. You. And we'll see, see you, you in the morning. From Yarm to Yibby, Harrington to Horsley Hill, Swarwell to Silverlink. 
the Northeast Footy Breakfast with Roy, Steve, and Ted. Right across the Northeast, the red, the tune, and the cat. 